Hello, and welcome to the Modern Homeschooler. Megan is not here again because her daughter is very sick today, and we needed to press on with our podcast, so I have a pinch hitter. Did I use that correctly? Pinch hitter? Pitch hitter. Pinch. Pinch? Okay. Pinch hitter. Pinch hitter. (laughs) With my husband. Yay! Yay! He's doing it. But even though he's the pinch hitter today for the podcast, the truth is I've been wanting to interview him anyways because, as I've mentioned many times before, he was homeschooled K through 12. Oh, no, you did a half. No, that was your sister. I did a half year of preschool. Ben did a half a year of preschool. So he was... Very rigorous. Well, that's still K through 12 because preschool is before that. Exactly. <laughs> Anyway, so I think um, we, Ben and I have a unique situation where he was homeschooled. We have a very supportive family of homeschooling, but this is for all of you moms out there who have decided to homeschool. You are a first generation homeschooler and maybe you have family who aren't as supportive and on top of it, you don't really know anyone who was homeschooled and now has like a job and is like you know, successful, or at least, you know, living, living their life. And um, so we are here to give you a normal example of what homeschooling can do. And Ben and his mom, like being a pioneer in the 80s, like when it was barely legal to homeschool. So we're just going to give you today a little bit about Ben and well, a little, a lot about Ben. <laughs> or a little. Or a little. About his upbringing, and because I think sometimes, too, there are a ton of examples of famous homeschoolers that are like, Einstein was homeschooled, or like, whatever, but it's like, yeah, okay, great, but like, what about like the normal person? Like, just, you know, normal, so. <laughs> you're calling me normal. You're, you're close enough to normal, <laughs> anyway. So, then, oh, husband of mine, will you please... Tell us why your family decided to homeschool. It was mainly for scheduling reasons. My dad was an apple orchardist, and when he had the ability to take off due to seasons and growing of the orchard, we would have been in school. So he didn't want to never be able to go on vacation with his family. So that was the primary reason for homeschooling. Cool. And do you remember anything about your homeschooling like early education primary years anything like early early like no like through sixth grade oh yeah i did school (laughs) (laughs) like do you remember like this is to start it off i think there's a couple different things there are hundreds and hundreds of curriculums to choose from today and on top of it there are so there, there's so much pressure out there to make school fun and engaging and to do all the things and to go all the places. And kind of me, part of me just kind of wants to be like, half, they're not even going to remember half this stuff. Like moms feel so much pressure to make their homeschooling Instagram worthy. And yet like. That's a millennial thing. That's a millennial thing. Yeah. So yeah, no, I remember early on that we had uh we did a Becca, and early on we did a Becca correspondence. So we actually sent tests in, and they were graded and marked and sent back with report cards every quarter. And mm-hmm. so there was a drive of making sure everything was done in time to send it in, and all the tests and quizzes were filled out and all that jazz. Hmm. Um, 
And at some point, my mom decided not to do that. And I don't know if it was because it was more expensive or if it just was pointless. Mm -hmm. Um, So somewhere in that sixth grade era, probably before then, uh, we weren't enrolled in their correspondence school anymore. We just did it a la carte, if you will, bought all the stuff and did it ourselves. And mom would go through and get a spiral-bound notebook and then write out, divide the book into lesson plans and for the year and she'd go out and so for this day I would have these pages of science, these pages pages of English, these pages of arithmetic, blah, whatever, and that's what I had to do for that day. So once I got that completed and checked off, I was done for the day. Do you remember how early on it was where you were pretty much independently schooling yourself besides your mom being like, get this done? Um, she might have a different answer than that, <laughs> to that than I would. Uh, I mean, it was definitely probably junior high where it would just be if I had a problem I didn't understand or had something oh, okay. that she would need to, to answer or she'd go over obviously tests and quizzes mm-hmm. and stuff. But, um, no, it was pretty much just go through and do the stuff and the, that spiral bound notebook worked really well because I knew exactly what I had to do to be done and it had a date on it. So I knew that, you know, for October 12th, this is where I needed to be. Mm-hmm. So if I wanted to do an extra day or an extra three days or an extra week, I could go ahead and I knew that I was already done through that day. So I wouldn't have to do any school mm-hmm. anytime I could just choose to do extra. So we, by October, um, gosh, third weekend of October was when elk season was so I would need to have had already done two extra weeks of school by then so I could take two weeks off to go camping and elk hunting okay so from start and whatever August September I would have to get two weeks ahead Hmm. by then so I could be gone it's interesting how even back then your mom didn't feel that pressure where, like, even today there's a lot of moms who feel the pressure to do five days a week and to stick to the public school system schedule. But even back then when homeschooling was so new and freshly legal, your mom was like, didn't even care. Didn't even care about what the public school system was doing. No, we did school five days a week unless we wanted to do more or something else was happening. It wasn't, Yeah. it was, that was the norm. Mm-hmm. And But we could deviate from it whenever we got ahead or if something came up. Yeah. That was our normal. Yeah, so you did a Becca all the way through. And for those who don't know what a Becca is, it is through Pensacola Christian College down in Florida. And uh, I believe it's called a Becca because the man who wrote it named it for his wife, Becca. Isn't that correct? That's my knowledge. Yeah, so it's like a Becca books, books for his wife to be able to do homeschooling. So I we did a Becca through the first many years before switching to Classical Conversations. And I actually really enjoyed it because, um, I don't know, like it was fine for me. Like the main reason we switched to classical conversations was because we needed a little bit more community. Um, and, um, I didn't know anyone else who does a Becca. And so it was kind of hard. I didn't, I didn't have anyone to talk to about things about school and, or like, you know, what, what are you guys doing in this? So I didn't really have any of that. So I switched and I like it, but I find it interesting today. I feel like there's a lot of people out there who find a Becca very like, old school like oh that's a becca like that's not cool to do a becca or something it's school what's why is it supposed to be cool <laughs> well i don't know i'm just like <laughs> goes back to the instagram thing like 
it's work. It's hard. You're supposed to challenge and learn. So. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I'm just saying, like, even at these, I mean, I will say, though, like, even, like, at the homeschool conference this weekend, you have a bunch of cool moms with tattoos standing behind the classical conversations booth. And then we're literally facing the Abeka, and it's two men that are 65 years old in suits, you know, like, yeah. you're just like, <laughs> so there, there is an element of conservativeness to Abeka, but it's a quality program, you know, and so I, I like it, but like, and I think that's the thing I like about it is it's tried and true. It's been around for like 30 years or more, right? Like, uh, well, I'm almost 40. So, you, so yeah, so it's been around 40 years. Pretty much. Oh, it is. It's a tougher (laughs) curriculum. And I think that's good to challenge and work through stuff instead of making, again, uh, I mean, I'm not saying anything about any of the other ones. There's lots of great things, but it seems like at least in the public schools, we dumb down things so the kids can get it. So we can get, you know, with 30 people in the classroom, everybody can move forward instead of making it hard and challenging and pushing the learning envelope. Mm -hmm. And I think Becca does that well, maybe to a fault, but uh, it worked for me. And, and that was the thing that we did switch from their math program um, when I was in high school. To Saxon, right? To Saxon math, yeah. Why? And uh, it was, my sister was having a hard time with algebra, and it had gotten to the point where my mom didn't know it um, mm. more, so it was, we were kind of learning ourselves on some level. And um, the Saxon was easier to understand. Mm. And I don't know necessarily that it was easier math. I, th- I do think we, I, when we switched over, I had to get the next level up, if I remember right. Mm-hmm. Um, but It's it, the same way with teaching textbooks, is that we, I feel teaching textbooks is a year behind Abeka math. And so we do a year ahead in teaching textbooks to yeah. feel like we stay on par. Yeah. So but, I, I think it was just easier. You know, everybody learns a little bit differently and it was just a hard... Uh, a hard understanding, and so it was easier just to switch everything to another style, style of teaching or written language in it or what, but it was a lot easier to understand, so that's what we switched to. You also did VHS tapes, right? I did. <laughs> I did. And we started that actually with, at that switch. We tried uh, the VHS tapes for algebra for my sister, mm-hmm. and after that, I don't know if it was just so expensive, um, it was at that point or the next year we... I think we might have switched math off of that and then gotten uh, was a professor, mm-hmm. doctor, DeGraff, whatever, mm-hmm. um, taught violin over VHS. So we got correspondence VHS tapes to learn violin. My sister did that. And I, was, I think he still, you can still get DeGraff teaching stuff oh. from Abeka, if I remember right. Well, I find it interesting because so many people today are like, oh, what about online education and like computer time, screen time, duh. And it's like... You were doing it in 1995. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, 94, it's not, it's not anything new, like, for our generation, necessarily. I mean, for, like, as in my 10-year-old kid, you know, for our kids. It's not new to have the option to have screens for our education, for well, homeschool. You had s- screens when the teacher didn't have a lesson in, in public or private school, right? Oh, yeah, totally. I Also, <laughs> too, when big events happened, I remember when O.J. Simpson was, like, you know, driving down the freeway and everyone was after him, all school stopped and we turned on all the TVs and watched it. 
It's a bit no obsessive. But <laughs> I probably was on the couch watching it too. But I know, I'm just saying, like, even in my school, um, you know, so we were doing that. But, um, yeah, so even that's not new. So, and that's another thing I think moms like to uh, beat themselves up about. Like, do I do an online program and screen time and computer time is evil? And yet here you are having done VHS tapes and having done old school Abeka. And yet tell you are successful in your job and you're like normal. I'd like to think I am. <laughs> I, so, I appear normal. I, appear I mean, normal. so Ben, um, what's your job, Ben? You, I am an <laughs> electronic technician for a local power company. So I take care of the voice and data networks for the control side of the power system. I always have a hard time explaining what he does because it's very intelligent, whatever it is. It's very techy. It, he, he, make, he makes the, I always say he makes the voice and data systems work. That's a good generalization. <laughs> but like, so growing up, so he has this job and so we'll back up a little bit. So growing up, you did a Becca and then um, tell them how much books you actually, how, mu- how much books, how many books, <laughs> how many books like you had, like, because that's the other thing, like coming home from the conference this last weekend, like books, 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 we have so many. And yet how much school? It's a bit excessive, really. It's excessive, right? I mean, it's just insane. <laughs> you had a insane. book for each subject. You had science, English, um, math, maybe a welding book. Um, you had like a song book or whatever music book you were working on. But you said like pretty much all of your school fit into, what was it? A, it was just like, the end tables beside the sofa. Like his entire schooling, everything that he had in order to do school was on an end table for a couch. It was it was it like, had a it had a door. It had a door to so it. So it was like, you know two and a half eighteen by oh, yeah. eleven by twenty Eight, or something. Yes. Eighteen inches by eleven inches by twenty inches was his entire books and curriculum for school. Not including whatever we did on the computer, which in the mid nineties wasn't a whole lot. Yeah. But we did have the Britannica encyclopedias on disc. Ooh, fancy. Yeah. So I just, I find that funny. We're here, we are in our generation of homeschooling, where it's like, we cannot have enough bookshelves and books. You feel like you need everything to do it, and the reality is you don't. <laughs> you don't. You don't need everything. And so you actually, so I feel like I'm telling all the story, because you're not really. That's great. <laughs> it works for me. <laughs> but, but so, and, and so like that. So one, moms, you can do an old school program, and your kid can succeed. Two, you don't need all of the books. It's okay if you don't go through that nature studies book. Or it's okay if you don't, whatever. But of course, I'm being hypocritical because I just bought a ton more books this past yeah. weekend at the conference. Well, and then, like, you had a complete science book for a grade, whatever. Yeah. You had the eighth grade science book, and it was an inch and a half thick, and that was everything you needed. You didn't yeah. have small studies of a bunch of little different things because you wanted to do this mm-hmm. niche thing over here and this really cool study of that and... You need yeah. everything. But that's a little bit different because, I mean, that's one of the complaints that people would say when they don't like a Becker is because, in essence, it's a unit studies. It's pretty much like as if people are doing public school at home the way it's set up versus living books. And so that's like, but where I find that the readers out there do have living books, um, the re- the readers for Becca, I find that I actually really appreciate their books that they have. And I've enjoyed their readers for my kids. But um, and they, they did read have like an extra a, set of yeah random books too that's yeah true. they had the, all the other stuff eight but or you ten just, little yeah 
the readers and stuff. But yeah, so you did that. And then, so your school fit into a small box, everything. And then when did you, like in high school, what did you do? When did you graduate? When did you do all that? Well, I, uh, and that was a, that was the thing is the, our public school system here did not particularly like homeschoolers. It was really hard, difficult to work with them. So, uh, you know, trying to get into sports for them and whatever they weren't having it. It was just too much of a hassle. So we played church league softball and some other things like that and went fishing and hunting and worked outside and stuff for sports and extracurricular activities like that. Mm-hmm. For the last couple of years of my high school, um, it took like an hour and a half a day or two hours a day to do my school. Um, I went through trig and calculus uh, in high school and there really wasn't a whole lot of math to do. So it's, it, at 16, I really should have just went into college, but instead I just kind of, you know, did, did what I needed to do, but it just wasn't, it wasn't all that challenging compared to what I could have done. So at 18, I went and did the GED thing cause that's what you did back then. Mm-hmm. And then went into college, uh, when I was 17 for the, the last session of the year prior so I could be a returning student at 18 and be able to pick whatever classes I want. Hmm. But you, didn't you take the SATs at 14? Yeah. Why, why, so you took the SATs at 14 and then waited to graduate until 18 just because you were... Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it wasn't my idea to take the SATs at 14. Your mom just um, said, why don't you take these? I, You're probably ready for them. I don't remember if it was just trying to gauge for... Sh- I don't know if it was her like, okay, where are my kids at? Is everything going well? Like, I just checked to yeah. see... Am I doing okay? And like, oh, well, at 14, if you get into college, you're probably okay. I mean, not only did you take the SATs, but you passed them just fine enough that you didn't have to take them again. And you used those scores four years later to go into college. Yeah. Exactly. So, Abeka not only trained you well, but you could go into college at 14 if you had wanted to. Yeah. But do do you think, I mean, part of that is your brain that you were born with, burying your sister. She's just as intelligent as you are. I don't think that it's, I mean, you probably gifted in the technical world to, to begin with. But overall, I mean, you're a Becca training. Uh, yeah, I think it, it with, it doesn't compromise on things and, and especially compared to what the SATs, well, I mean, that was again, the SATs 26 years ago, I took it. Right. And even today, a lot of people actually like to take one of the standardized tests from like 1976 or something like that. Cause that's like the good one before everything started going downhill. Yeah. Like, so that's like the, whatever it was. I, I know some people in town here. I was in the 90s, one. though. So. Yours was in the 90s, but I'm still saying, like, people still like to go back and use one of the tests from back in the day at, to, to see what the intelligence are yeah. is for them. So, yeah, so it's interesting. So you did all that, and that was just with Becca with a little bit of homeschooling. So in your, but your high school years, you only had an hour and a half a day, but you worked for your, your uncle, right? Or you worked? Uh, yeah, I had a couple. Uh, yeah, I worked at an auto body shop for... A while until my my uncle actually had a heart attack and was having a hard time um, continuing with the business and stuff so I went or just keeping up with everything um, so I went in and honestly it seemed more fun to work there he has a Volkswagen repair business so I went to work for him for a couple of years through high school and after I graduated high school I went to work uh, as tech support for an internet service provider here but you always had a passion from early on for computers, technical things, right? Yeah. Um, I took the first, the first quarter of, of college. I took a, um, no, that was, that was one of the classes I think I took in the prior, in the prior year. 
um, before I went to college. I took a networking class, and that really piqued my interest. I was in, always interested in computer stuff, but that really piqued my interest in getting into it as a profession. So, but you took that class here in Wenatchee, right? I did. Yeah. But, so, like, your high school years, though, you just tinkered around with all the stuff that you liked. Mechanics and Whatever. fishing. And so, an hour and a half of just bookwork, and then everything yeah, else was... was fine. So, you were almost a wild and free high schooler. I guess so. After <laughs> rigorous Abeka stuff, but it really only took me an hour and a half. Yeah, rigorous Abeka work that took an hour and a half, and then you switched to wild and free. Right, so... Well, wild and free after I worked in the orchard and got that part done. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Wild and free after all my responsibilities were filled. <laughs> You were free. You were free to pursue but I your felt really interests. Free. I felt very free. yes. I see. Except for except for the orchard stuff, which yeah. was always it was just. I mean, it was it was a family thing. It was it was always work. It's not it's not easy by any means. Working so in the orchard. Physical work. No, no, and, it's not. Yeah, and uh, outside in the elements and stuff. Yeah, but then so you went to high school. You you finished high school. They got your GED. <laughs> After taking the SATs at 14, <laughs> got your GD, and then you went to college for a year, right? Two. Two years. Three, actually. What? Two, year, two years here in Wenatchee. Yes. So, Wenatchee Community College. So, you went to two years of community college, and then one year of Bible college after that. Correct. But then, with that, you came back and got hired and beat out a whole bunch of men for your job at 21 years old. Yeah, well... I mean, I, I, that that job, I'm not really sure how many people applied for, but okay. I know that there, I know there was a lot of people applied for it. They hired three people at the same time. Okay. And I was young, and I had my college degree was is an associate of technology and systems. It was the first. I was in the first set of kids. I'll call myself a kid then. Um, to the college that that took it, and we had the opportunity to take a bunch of Microsoft certifications and other certifications. So. At 21, I had my Microsoft Certified Systems Engineer certification, which was like five different certs rolled up. Um, and so, yeah, I, I got hired at 21 at the PUD with, I believe, just, hey, this kid at least can do stuff. He's got he's got a degree. He's got a bunch of certs. He seems teachable and nice. And, you know, a lot of, a lot of that has to do with personality as well when you're working with, with some of those people that... They'll, they'll take somebody who doesn't know um, necessarily everything <clears throat> that they work on because with a job, there's no way you can know everything without actually being there for years. Mm -hmm. um, but if you show proficiency and smarts as well as you get along with people, um, that's a lot better place. So now as we're looking at hiring new people, it's like, well, as long as they're not totally ignorant in the situation they can learn, as long as they fit in with us, we'll teach them what mm -hmm. we need to know. What they need to know. Yeah, so I mean... That's overall, I mean, that's kind of the dream for most of our moms homeschooling is that like you completed your high school career with two years at a community college because really the Bible college doesn't really count for anything no. for like getting hired. But it was no. good, obviously, it virtue, just... virtue training, I mean, is what a lot of us classical educators are talking about, which is character building. Obviously, we're all Christians in my circle of friends who are homeschooling. The point of it is to... Um, teach them God and how God is surrendered around everything. That's what Bible college was for you. I mean, whatever. And you already were a Christian and all that stuff. But so with your two year community college degree and your certifications, you got an amazing job and you're still at it. I mean, you switched PUDs, but 
Still you, doing the same thing. You're doing the exact same job that you've they, been doing for... 18 years later. 18 years. <laughs> which, um, which is, you know, it's crazy. It's, you know, that you've never changed jobs or anything, really. Seems kind of normal. Seems it's called normal. a career. It's called a career. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah. and But because of that, of getting hired at 21 and not feeling the need to have to get your four-year degree... You were able to start your job, and now because of it, um, you were years ahead in saving for retirement and all those things. Yeah, and in yeah, a lot of times a four-year degree doesn't necessarily help because then again, people you get trained to do it a certain way and and whatever, and a lot of people l- learning. Teaching four-year degrees, earning four-year degrees aren't people who have actually experienced. There's a lot of people that are book smart, but until you actually get out there and have done it with your hands, it's it's hard to um, transmit that. There's a, there's a lot of people who come, you know, it's that whole pa- a, a brand new papered engineer, like, oh, great. So you actually don't know anything. You just pass tests. And so there's a lot of, found, there's a lot of, a lot of people who, don't actually know how to do anything they just know what the book says and they don't know what it really seems like in real life or what implications doing something wrong will have yeah because they don't know what's going to trip the whole powerpoint off or whatever now randomly we've talked i've i've asked you would you want to be an engineer with that title versus a technician but for that you do have to have the four-year degree yes do they get paid more it depends on where you're at not necessarily like, but they can, for they sure. They can, but the engineers are usually but, salaried or no? At that point, you don't actually get to do anything. Oh, right. Yeah. You're not hands-on at that point. Right, and I think that's also one of the questions that some moms who are so concerned about college or whatever have. is like, well, get the degree so that way in case they want to do what they want to do. But the thing is, Ben and I have had this conversation a lot where Ben's like, engineers, they don't get to touch any of the gear. They don't get it where Ben... He wants to work with the computers, like physically work with them. Where the engineers, they just say, "Here, you have to go fix it," and then they just have to sit at their desk and watch you fix it. So or they design the system and then have somebody else implement it. And yeah, again, without without that experience of doing it, it's hard to design something and really know all the implications or ins and outs. Because there's only so much that you can get without hands-on knowledge of how a control room operates or how a, a dispatch operates. If you don't know how they're actually using it, you can have all the great theories in the world, but they'll never get used because they don't work the way yeah. it needs to. But that's a little more specific to your job and your world. Are most engineers versus techs that kind of yeah, push I, and pull? Kind of like nurses, not nurses and doctors, because they're all in there together. Yeah, but, I, I'm not sure. I think it relates with, I mean, with everything. I think same thing with like a, a mechanical engineer. You can make and design your engine but until you actually put it all together and realize yes you can design that but if you put the oil filter in the back it fits on the design but when you put it in the car it you have to pull the engine to change the filter yeah. kind of thing is like you have to have experience of actually doing it and working with it with your hands and not saying the engineers can, obviously there's a lot of engineers that, that do do that and i think you just it's really important to actually have that real life experience and hands-on where um you know, I, I think that that's something that's lost is, you know, there's a lot of push away from trade schools, which most people in my job have gone to a trade school. 
Well, it seems like that's coming back around, though, now. Between Micro works and all of his stuff he's doing. I'm saying it's really important. Yeah. Because that's, that's actually having hands-on with some of that stuff. Well, and the truth is you get paid more than some of your superiors simply because salary versus hourly and whatever. So it's not necessarily beneficial to have the four-year if. Not necessarily. And I mean, it just a lot depends. Of times... Other people do get paid more than you because they're engineers, but oh, it just yeah, depends. Yeah. But it, lot... It's not guaranteed. Right. And there's, I know people who are techs that went and got their four-year degree, and then something happened to the company, they had to change jobs, and they they had, they were an engineer by by paper, and they had their four-year degree, so when they applied for a job that didn't require it, they didn't get the job because they were overqualified, and they knew that they, they probably wouldn't stick around because they would be looking for a higher-paying, different job, but the other people, like, well, you haven't had the experience being an engineer yet, you just have the four-year degree, so they they couldn't get the better job they were trying were hopefully being able to get, but they couldn't get the job that they had because they were overqualified at that point, and people didn't think they'd stick around. Yeah, I mean, and not only was Ben homeschooled, but also all of his cousins were homeschooled in the eighties and nineties. Well, it was and the group that was in the valley here. Just like the group was, yeah, and um, some other friends in the valley that were homeschooled as well. But like um, Ben's cousin is a big state patrol guy here in town. Right? He's the yeah, he dude. Was a, he was a, he's like, a lieutenant, I believe, now. Yeah. I mean, so he's doing well, and the other cousins are doing well. And also, Ben's sister is doing very well with her job um, in a different town than us. And um, and so it's, it's interesting for me when people are worried about uh, jobs later in life, or let's set them up for success, because the only homeschoolers that I know are all doing very well um, with their with being homeschooled. You know, mm-hmm. so it's kind of weird when people ask me that because I'm always like, well, invariably, yes, it, it is well. <laughs> it's good. And back to that whole with, with college, there was, it was always funny because my, my cousin was in some math class, whatever, and he got, you know, straight 4.0s, so they were grading on the curve, so he broke broke the curve for everybody in the class. Cause he Your cousin that, did? Yeah. <laughs> and then there was in one of the algebra classes, there was a whole row of us homeschoolers in the front, and it got to the point where the teacher, when they were asking questions they would just anybody but the front row it was like we we could never answer any questions because we always answered and answered and right so we got to the yeah, so college and they all did a becca college was super easy um compared to the last bit of of high school i mean there was there wasn't any oh my gosh i don't know how to do this at all you know yeah so the, the one thing we didn't do was any sort of co-op um so we didn't have schooling in front of a bunch of other people so the what they call the interpersonal communications class where we actually mm-hmm. had to get up and give speeches in front of somebody was more of a new experience i had no issues teaching or talking in front of people but there wasn't a here's this class here's this mm-hmm. speech i have to now give in front of a bunch of it was you know a bunch of peers not it wasn't because i was a particular um expert in the subject i just had to give this random meant for nothing speech and so that was kind of frustrating like i I have no desire to talk about tires in front of a bunch of 19 year olds it's just stupid yeah so yeah that was the only thing that was a little frustrating for me it's just because there was no need to (laughs) yeah and it is it's funny because well the difference a little bit is too though is that you had cousins all the same age around the same age as you so you got to play run through the orchards with your cousins all day long anytime you wanted so you had community in that sense where for us 
Yeah. You know, we don't have that community, but I definitely remember when I said I wanted to join a co-op, this was before Classical Conversations, a different group, Ben was like, why? Like, he, like Ben has zero, zero fear of missing out of, or like any like sadness. Like, I'll be like, oh, it's my high school 10-year reunion. And he'd be like, why would you want to go to that? <laughs> or like, or like, but that no, everyone's like, but you what about talk to these people normally? Why would you want to go <laughs> talk to them awkwardly? Or like, or just like, um, the whole like no senior prom or something. And Ben's like, why would you want to go to like? So I have a very unique experience of having a homeschooler as a husband who one hundred percent loved homeschooling, and on top of it, does not have any form of remorse about anything pertaining to the public school system. So it's a little hard sometimes to not laugh when people have questions because we just have zero regret, really. Huh? Yeah, I don't care. To the point that Ben, when we wanted to date, said... <laughs> Asked if you were going to be okay homeschooling my children and not having a job, not having a career. Because if you weren't, we weren't going to date. Yeah, weren't even going to date. That's how serious he was about homeschooling. Like, it's, it's like... There's no way that we can't homeschool. He has to die in order for me to send our kids oh, to school. <laughs> even even if I died, he would hire a tutor at home to homeschool at this that's, point. That's, that's how strongly he feels about homeschooling. Because of the family togetherness. Other people raising your kids. You have no... I mean, even at the best schools, you've got teachers who are... I mean, at the end of the day, they're going home to their family, and if your kid's misbehaving or not getting it, it's, I mean, they, they care. There's a lot of teachers, great teachers yeah. out there that care, but not the same as a parent would care, because you're trying to set your kid up for success. Mm -hmm. you're, you love them. You, you care about their reasons they're doing things and trying to get the heart right for it and not just skipping by on whatever, you know. There's a, there's a lot of reasons. And, of course, the being able to choose the curriculum and the worldview that it's it's yeah. written by and you know kids having pressures in the public school especially um but even in private schools but especially public schools that they just they're so young and they don't need to be exposed to some of that stuff ben is so different that even if you say like oh i dare you like that just when you say i dare you to ben what that really is saying is he's going to do everything in his power to not do the dare because he just absolutely thinks that peer pressure like on that extent is just ridiculous it's because it is ridiculous. <laughs> so he's like complete opposite of people where they all of a sudden feel pressure or feel whatever. He just doesn't care. The other thing I say, like I was sharing with some of the ladies this weekend at the conference is like people like to say too, but there's such amazing teachers that you can emulate. Like some really awesome examples of teachers within, you know, uh, public schools and whatever. And I said, you know, I went to public school until fifth grade. Do you know what? It's true. I had an amazing second grade teacher and I loved her to death. My mom worked at the school offices there and I loved her to death. And so I wanted to emulate her and she was a wonderful teacher and everything. And I think even my handwriting is because of her, like how I write is, is ingrained in me from what, how she wrote, like physically the writing, but she also smoked. And she was single and dated many of the men of the other single dads. And I knew that because we were close because my mom worked there. So I was there after hours and I'd help her clean up and I'd do all this stuff. And I wanted to emulate her. So smoking in second grade. Nice. <laughs> like, um, you know, or like, um, you know, and just seeing her date around made me want to find a boyfriend. 
Like, you know, but yet did my mom have any idea? No, because she was an awesome lady and a wonderful woman and still is. But yet I was trying, instead if my mom had been schooling me, maybe I would have wanted to emulate her. And I know my mom wouldn't have been dating around or smoking. (laughs) So, I mean, so even though people can say there's these awesome, amazing, she probably was teacher of the year one of the years. And still, her major influences on me were the bad ones, you know, because she was an adult and I was too young to fully grasp some of these things. And I was conniving enough to, you know, not get caught smoking in second grade. I've told the story so many times now at this point. Um, but anyway, so anything else we should add to this year? We should end up, wrap this thing up. It's over half an hour long. You um, and I could just talk for hours and hours together, couldn't we? We, we did. We, did. we have. We have. We will. 15 years <laughs> later, right? It's, uh, no. Well, we've been married 13. We've been together for 15 years? No. 14 and a half-ish. Four, okay, whatever. We'll round up to make it sound better. 20. 20, it's been 87 years since we've been married together. Is that what it feels like? <laughs> but I hope today's podcast helped you get a glimpse into homeschooling in the 90s from a dude here in good in old 40s, Wenatchee. Almost 30s. Who's now in his 40s. Almost. Has had a steady, awesome, successful job for 18 years straight with no end in sight. <laughs> Unless we, could, the grave. Thanks. <laughs> unless we could somehow get up and move to France. Alaska. France. Alaska? <laughs> Whatever. Anyway, um, if you guys have any questions, any more further questions about Ben's childhood, I'd be happy to answer and expose any of those to you. <laughs> Maybe I should get Ben's mom on here for one. But um, Or if you have any questions about a Becca curriculum, I think you can go to Becca.com. Um, and I don't know anything else. My husband on the bleeding of technology cannot wait to get onto his computer. He's already starting to type. So I'm already there. He's already typing. He's already. It is a Becca.com. It is a Becca.com. So, um, if you want to check out their curriculum, know what we're talking about. Um, and also please subscribe to our podcast. If you haven't go to our Instagram and find us the modern homeschooler. If you do like our podcast, we'd absolutely love a review as we are still new and starting out. And if you have a suggestion for a podcast, please let us know because we are open book and love to talk about anything pertaining to modern homeschooling. Have a great day, guys.